I came across a story uh, last week, two stories actually, and both of them concerned me, uh, I would say frightened me, and even terrified me when I read them. And what I found amazing about both of these stories is that you can't really find them on the mainstream news. You find them on the back channel conservative outlets, even though uh, the uh, people who are behind the stories are national figures, or, or at least national figures in their own field. So I'm going to start with this one. Here's the headline of that story. And I don't know, Michael, if you can put it up on the screen. Uh, 94% of mRNA jab recipients found to have metal-like objects in their blood. All right, so... All right, so I'm going to read some of this. Three surgeons from Italy conducted a study which found that nearly everyone who gets vaccinated for the Wuhan coronavirus with mRNA injections ends up with developing tainted blood replete with an aggregation of erythrocytes and the presence of particles of various shapes and sizes of unclear origins. Metallic particles resembling graphene oxide and possibly other metallic compounds, researchers say, plague the blood of the fully vaccinated, leaving their circulatory systems prone to clotting and other health damage. The surgeons evaluated 1,006 people who developed symptoms following injection with either the Pfizer-BioNTech shot or the Moderna shot. And an astounding 94% of them showed signs of seriously tainted blood just one month after getting jabbed. That's crazy. Now, I'm, I'm reading this. Crazy. I'm thinking there's metal parts in your blood. 94%. Little razor blades floating around in your blood. <laughs> yeah. Who, and who knows what these metal parts are, right? Yeah. Well, Marty, you know, if you look at the, you know, instructions or the, the form that you had to sign to take the Pfizer jab, it called it, it, it it literally called itself an investigative or experimental drug. And that's what it was. You know, we call it this term vaccine. It's not a vaccine. And that's literally what it was. So, you know, these people have been guinea pigs and they don't know what they put in their body. Well, now they, they found out that they put metal in their body. But it's really sad because they've been experimented on. They, Wait, they're investigating what they put in their body. So I never, I never took the vaccine. You're saying like there was a waiver that tells yeah, you that. So it was a consent form that you had to sign. You had to hold them harmless. And if something happened to you, you couldn't, you know, sue or, or bring a lawsuit against Pfizer. And but yeah, that's what it literally says on their form. It doesn't call it a vaccine. And. If you didn't sign that consent form, you would lose your job and get kicked out of the military and all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so it's not much of a consent form, right? No, it doesn't yeah. sound either, like it. Uh, look, we're going to put this strange stuff into your body, but if you don't want to do it, that's fine, except you're not going to be able to go to school. You're not going to be able to participate in certain events. You'll be kicked out of the U.S. Army, the federal government. My God, Biden tried to kick you out of the workforce, right? I mean, he tried that. Uh, until the court struck him down. I'm going to read some more of this. The complete composition of the particles and what they are is still unknown, which is why researchers continue to probe for answers. What we do know is that these substances are not what you want floating around in your bloodstream, not if you want to be healthy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, out of the, uh, so 58 out of 1,006 who were looked at showed normal hematology. So just 58 out of 1,006 people were normal. The rest have serious blood problems that are likely to worsen over time and show increasingly more worrisome symptoms, possibly leading to death. See what I mean? This is, it, it, it concerns you. It's frightening. And it's actually terrifying to read this stuff. And you don't hear about it in the mainstream media. This study that was done in Italy that was peer reviewed. Yeah. And that, so why are they hiding it from us? So why, why does the CDC want to hide it from us? Why does Joe Biden want to hide it from us? This is our U.S. government that when something is dangerous, that they told you to inject, you would think their responsibility would be to come out and say, here's what we have found regarding uh, the shots that we asked you to take. So we want you to be aware that we are working on this. There are metallic parts in your body, and we have a team of scientists out here right now trying to figure out what that is, because you're going to hear about it, what it is, and uh, we're going to try to figure out how to solve this problem. David? Government and politicians are known for never admitting to making a mistake. Uh, and that's why you don't hear about it from them. They will never admit they made a mistake, ever. Something which they do all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that's the problem, right? Because if they don't admit to making mistakes, that creates a distrust among the American people so that the next time they want you to do something, you uh, you're even more resistant to wanting to do it. So it's sort of self-defeating. It doesn't work the way, it's not like, oh, well, we're not going to admit the mistake and no harm's going to come of that. The next time we tell people to go out there and get fascinated and we put metal parts in their body without them knowing it or what those metal parts really are, they're just going to walk lockstep and barrel and go ahead and get these shots. It doesn't work that way. People are going to know about this. Uh, but Pastor, I, I want to say that, you know, Jesus says the truth will set you free. Now, he wasn't referring to truth like this, but in general, he's right. The truth is what sets you free. In all cases, not just the truth about Christ will set you free. The truth sets you free in all cases about everything. And the opposite of truth is lies will do what? They will enslave you. Lies enslave people. Uh, and our government needs to be truthful with the American people if they want the people to trust the government. Now, David, you raised the, the issue that government has never been totally upfront with the American people. I'll agree with that. You know, uh, from your age and my age, we've gone through a lot of different government agencies and presidents and elected officials. But I've never seen anything like this, though. I've never. I mean, this untruthfulness has really going way overboard and to the point where they're willing to kill you in order to protect their own behind. Uh, David, you got something? Yeah, well, it's, I agree with that. And it seems to me that if the government wants to regain credibility, because uh, right now I don't trust anything they say either, but if they want to regain credibility, they've got to admit it when they make a mistake. I mean, think about it. Anybody that you know that... You, you trust somebody who, when they make a mistake, they tell you. They admit it. 
that person becomes very trustworthy because you know they're not going to continue with something that's false just because they happen to make a mistake. And government's made up of humans, I mean, human beings. And human beings make mistakes. They should admit it when they make a mistake. Right. That's yeah, that's asking a lot for our current government, right? I mean, this is one of the most corrupt, wicked debaucherous administrations ever. I mean, look at the monkeypox director that just got hired, right? He's a gay Satanist. These are the people that they're bringing in to make decisions for our country. So, you know, going back to your point, Marty, us who follow the truth, Jesus Christ is the truth. We want to follow his word, which is truth. We don't get it right all the time, but that's our desire is to walk in truth, and that's going to set us free, like you say. We're not going to live in bondage because we have to look behind our shoulder, look over our back, because we're lying and we're defrauding everybody. But these people, in their personal lives, if they have no concept of truth, if they're not living by the truth, why would we think? Why would we be so naive that they want to actually live out truth for uh, its citizens? You know. And then furthermore, I, I see two different groups of people here. You know, I see those people like us, like our listeners, like our viewers who are patriots, who have their eyes wide open, but those who have just drank this Kool-Aid for the last several years from our government, and now they're not going to say, oh, man, I I was tricked, or I'm not going to trust them anymore. Now it's, you know what, maybe the government got it wrong, or but but they're going to wait on the next handout from the government. They're, They're like sheep being led to the slaughter. It's sad. I want to read the uh, final conclusion statement from these three surgeons. Such phenomena have never been seen before after any vaccination of the past. In our experience as clinicians, these mRNA injections are very unlike traditional vaccines and their manufacturers need, in our opinions, to come clean about what is in the injections and why it is there. Now, that's going to be my next follow-up question. Why are they there? You know, is it by accident that that these metal parts are now floating in the bodies of people? 94% of the people, according to this study, now have these metal parts floating in their body. Why are they there? Was it by accident or was it on purpose? You know, are we going to have to now worry about when we go to the airport, walking through a metal detector, we're going to set it off and we're going to take everything out of our pockets and we're still not going to be able to get on the airplane because we got metal parts stuck through all our bodies. So it's almost like this is great news for the terrorists, right? Yeah, maybe we can destroy the metal detectors at airports. They're going to go yeah, don't away. Worry. That's just my Pfizer jab. We can bring don't our worry guns about now. it. Yeah, well, maybe maybe it's just that uh, the spike protein has a harder time gripping on to little metal parts to stay in your body. Well, you know, you could get kind of con- conspiratorial here. It's that the government comes up with a vaccine for or a, some type of serum to get rid of these metal parts that are in your body. And if you don't, you're going to die. But you can only get that serum or that vaccine if you lock step barrel to what they want you to believe in and do that they'll hold it over your head are you homophobic no vaccine to you my friend (laughs) yeah well that's that's what they've been uh are you opposed to gays marriage no vaccine for you are you uh pro-life no vaccine for you Right. Yeah, well, that's why they've been trying to institute that uh, social credit score, and they've been introducing all these apps to start tracking you and stuff. And another reason why they, I dislike social media so much is they're able to track everything that you do. And, I mean, they're able to know everything about you as long as you're posting on there. So 
you, you know, it, you're not going to be able to hide that stuff if you're actually uh, a person that participates in that sort of thing. Now, here's another story that dovetails with the one I just mentioned that came out uh, last week, September 5th, as a matter of fact. Embalmers have been finding numerous long fibrous clots that lack post-mortem characteristics. So I'll read to you what we got here. Several embalmers across the country have been observing many large and sometimes very long fibrous and rubbery clots inside the corpse they treat and are speaking out about their findings. Uh, one particular uh, embalmer said that he found that the clots are lacking any key elements present in the healthy human blood, such as iron, potassium, and magnesium, suggesting they were formed from something other than blood. The string-like structures differ in size, but the longest can be as long as a human leg and the thickest as thick as a picky finger. Uh, Richard Hirschman, who's a licensed funeral director, said this, prior to 2020, or 2021, we probably would see somewhere between 5 to 10% of the bodies that we could embalm having blood clots. We are familiar with what blood clots are, and we have to deal with them over time. But now, 50 to 70% of the bodies that he sees now have these blood clots wow. in them. Yeah, that's nasty. I so mean, you got metallic parts floating around in your body over the COVID vaccine shot, according to that study. I don't know if the study, or you know, I'm not a scientist. And now you also run the risk of having these blood clots as long as your leg in your body. And we and don't what know effect if the, the two are related, have. right? I mean, you know, w w one of them could be, you know, uh, separate from the other, but it seems to me like it could be possible that the two are related. that has been going around in the country. This the mysterious deaths that people are just plopping over yeah, and dying. And even healthy athletes. They're, they're people in their 20s, 30s, young, healthy people who have taken these shots who are just dropping dead out of nowhere. But look, let's go a little bit further into, we're talking conspiracy theories, quote unquote, right? So we have this China virus that was manufactured in the China lab, Wuhan virus, and... It, it did what it needed to do to an extent. We bring the solution, and now the solution is to continue what the Wuhan virus was going to do. So now it, it's continuing to cause harm to our citizens of this society. Yeah, so we read stories like this. They terrify us. But what makes it even more terrifying is a lack of answers, right? I mean, does, isn't that kind of like more scary than anything else? Oh, by the way, you have cancer. But uh, we're not going to tell you what the treatment is. So we're going to let you figure that out on your own. And if you figure it out on your own, maybe you can get treated. But we're not going to tell you what we're going to do to treat that cancer. So we have metal parts in our body that's possibly causing these blood clots that are as long as your leg. But the government's saying, well, rather than admit a mistake or that we did anything wrong or did anything by accident or on purpose, we're just going to remain silent about it. We're so, not going to address the problem. And that makes you more scared uh, than the fact that you have metal parts in your body. The fact that you have lack of answers as to, well, what are you going to do about it now? So uh, from what y'all just said, uh, I need a little bit of explaining because I'm a Google user. What is this uh, 
a, a sudden adult death syndrome is sad. <laughs> what, what, what is that? I've never seen that on Google anywhere. Yeah, you won't find it on Google, but if you actually type it into uh, DuckDuckDo or uh, Bing, it's going to come up, pop up the top hits out there. And uh, how alarming it is, uh, the increase of these sudden deaths that are going on in the country of people who are dying for no apparent good reason. Um, actually, I'll read the, some final statements from uh, this embalmer. Uh, says, they're not even dead from COVID. They're dying of sudden heart attacks, strokes, cancer. It doesn't matter what these people die of nowadays. So many of them have the same anomalies in their blood. The blood is different. Something is causing the blood to change. And the whole purpose of me trying to come out was to say, take a look. Something's wrong. Let's figure out what it is so that maybe we can find a way to help break this stuff down and save people's lives. If it's not the vaccine, fine. What is it? Let's figure it figure it out because something is causing it and it can't be healthy. That's the second story that you read where at the end it can't be healthy. <laughs> Yes, it can't be healthy. Well, anyway, we're not going to solve the, this issue. David, you got something? Yeah, I think it's caused by wokeism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a, that is a plague. That's a plague in the that's country deadly. right now. So maybe that's the cause of all yeah, the Yeah, the metal in the brain certainly makes sense there. Well, it's interesting you should bring that up because I did have another story that kind of relates to that wokeism problem. Experts slam leading medical schools in the U.S. for valuing wokeism over actually making students into good doctors. So a study was done at leading United States medical schools are beginning to value wokeism instead of teaching and preparing the next generation of doctors, experts warn. So Dr. Stanley Garfer wrote a piece in the New York Post warning that many of the nation's leading medical schools are screening prospective students for progressive beliefs before they do actual medical talent and he highlights the schools of uh, harvard medical school columbia university duke university the university of pittsburgh as some of those schools that are putting wokeism ahead of uh, qualifications into getting into medical schools uh, he says elite medical schools are deliberately recruiting woke activists jeopardizing their mission of training physicians so now you have this i mean yeah, I'm just creating a nightmare for everybody, right? Uh, your blood's full of metallic parts that have unknown origin. You have blood clots as long as perhaps the length of your leg. And you're going to be treated by a woke doctor who's only there because he's now an activist for diversity issues. Yeah. <laughs> it just that, doesn't that, stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't give you much hope, does it? No, it's certainly very doesn't. depressing. I don't want to hear what the solution that that woke doctor is going to give you when you go in there with your... Uh, Metal but inside your bloodstream. It, it's because you're white. That's what it is. And you're a male. <laughs> you're giving me white guilt now, Mike. Yes. It's your fault. Medical schools are rushing down a dangerous road, he says. These institutions have long lowered application and educational standards in the name of diversity. Now they are enacting an ideological litmus test for future physicians. Recruiting woke activists instead of the most qualified candidates will both undermine trust. There we go. That word trust again in health care and lead to worse health outcomes for patients. David, what you got? Uh, the same thing's happening in the on the legal side, too. The American Bar Association wants to eliminate the law school aptitude test, which is a 
very strong predictor of success in law school, but they want to eliminate it because not enough, uh, not enough persons of color apparently are getting high enough grades, and uh, it's causing quite a big backlash. And I think that's symptomatic of what's going on in, in education all over. In 2021, the Commonwealth Fund ranked America last among developed nations in healthcare quality. Last. America. The United States of America ranked last. The nation also ranked last in overall patient outcomes. That's funny. We, we, we so good luck going in and hoping for an outcome with the metallic parts and the blood clots that are in your body right now because so. the woke activists out there are now going to check your diversity levels in your brain before they check what might be floating around in your bloodstream. Yeah, we, we rank last in uh, media reliability, too. So <laughs> we're at the end of that totem pole for everybody. Yeah, I mean, th- this this divide, it's it's hit every industry. I mean, it's it's crazy times that we live in. I was speaking to a guy, a man uh, earlier today who's more on the conservative side, and he used to have a Democratic accountant, and now he switched over to a Republican accountant. And he said, this is how my new accountant is advising me to, to go with my business and, you know, with some different things in real estate. And he said, man, that's the difference between a Democrat accountant and a Republican accountant. I mean, everywhere you got to be constantly thinking about politics based on whatever you're doing nowadays. Well, Republicans try to plan an outcome that's in their favor through strategy. The Democrats try to plan an outcome through wishful thinking alone. They just wish it to be true hoping that eventually it will happen the way they want it to happen without having a strategy about how to get there. I think uh, either some actor, some big name I recognize, can't think of it right now, but uh, when Newsom, what is it, last week or a couple of weeks ago, told people not to charge their electric cars in yeah. California, <laughs> yeah. right? He, yeah. And he's like, the world has gone mad now here in California because the governor's telling us not to charge our electric cars he wants us all to be on electric cars, but what happens when one of those California wildfires break out and you're stuck in a house with an electric car, then there's no electric to charge it because that's the only car you have to flee this fire. It's wishful thinking strategy. That's all it is. We want it to be this way, but we have no real plan about how to achieve that goal. Well, what they want you to do is ride the trains that they haven't yeah. built. <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> go at at a uh, railroad station waiting for a train that's not built to flee a wildfire uh, while you have a perfectly good electric car sitting there that can't get charged up because the power shut down. Yeah, ride the Disney woke monorails. Uh, But my my daughter, who's not even 12, you know, she has the sense to realize that this whole electric car thing is nonsense. You know, we were talking last night and she said, what's going to happen when you're just on the highway and you run out of of your electric charge. I mean, there's a great business there. Speak about, you know, foresight. If you have a business where you go out there and you're on the highways, you're on the streets, you're on the roads where you have a charger, where you can fill up people's electricity, man, that would be a heck of a business because we're going to anticipate these people just breaking down on the road. And I've heard of cars where they do break down and you just see them go up in fires like you had mentioned. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I think we brought this up maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago, but the story that happened uh, earlier this year where on 95, uh, an accident happened, and the cars were stuck there for 20 hours. Yeah, and all of these cars ran out of gas. 
But fortunately, they were able to bring gas out to get these cars running again. But what if all these cars are electric cars that are broken down? How are you going to get something out there to charge, you know, miles and miles of electric cars to get them off the highway? You're going to start the uh, yeah. yeah I'll, be a, I'll be a a gazillionaire. You would be. A <laughs> yeah. gazillionaire. I'll, I'll buy I'll buy the show. We can do whatever we want here. Yeah. Hey, you fill up your tank at a gas station. It takes five minutes, but if you have to fill up your electric car with electricity, even a good charge, it's it's more like what an hour. Right? I don't know something I, like that. I heard so they they have a it, speed. It's, it's I heard they have a speed. Uh, you know, powers at these gas stations now and that they can charge them up in like 10 or 15 minutes. But how many have them though? Yeah. And then, you know, and then you have to wait in a line. So it might take 10 minutes for the That's first car, but if point. you're like the 50th car, you're going to be there forever waiting just to do it. And then there's a lot more cars than that. At least on that example that you gave, there were a lot more cars than yeah. 50 there. So that would have just... You'd be like standing behind the 10th car and go, hey, buddy, can you hurry it up? There's a wildfire that's 50 feet from behind me. Yeah. Get that car charged <laughs> up. You are not getting out of there. <laughs> but, you know, um, when I read that story about, uh, you know, the power shortage in, in California, I was thinking to myself, and I know that they wanted you to keep your thermostat at, uh, I can't remember the exact temperature. 78 but or something. 78, yeah. right. And if it's really hot out there, you're still going to be really hot inside your house. And I was thinking... You know, if that was happening to me, it'd be nice to go out into your car, start the engine, and get that AC going, you know, just to cool off a little bit for the time being. But you're not going to even be able to do that to get out of the heat in California because you can't charge your car either. Yeah. So there's not even a temporary reprieve from the heat there. And then imagine that on top of that, you got metal plates inside your bloodstream to make it even worse <laughs> and then you try and then you can't make it to the woke doctor because you don't have electric in your car and gavin newsom tells you that you can't put a le so it's like wh what do you do here how do we live and that's this that's the crazy society that we live in and i want to share a story guys because you know me being a pastor you know things that happen in the church really frightened me and this was a frightening thing it was an article that came out last week and it talked about that over a third of senior pastors in churches believe that good people can earn their way to heaven. And I want to share with you guys a little quote from that article. It said that researchers found that in addition to believing that people can merit salvation based solely on their good works, one third or more of senior pastors surveyed also believe the Holy Spirit is not a person, but rather a symbol of God's power. Others said that moral truth is subjective Sexual relations between two unmarried people who love each other is, quote unquote, morally acceptable. Keep in mind, this is senior pastors and churches and biblical teaching on abortion is, quote unquote, ambiguous. So this is the state of the church. This isn't just, you know, we interviewed people in the church, in the pews. Maybe they're saved. Maybe they're not. This is literally senior pastors within churches in America giving these statistics here. Right. So I got a question for you. Now, when you said that the pastors think that good deeds alone would actually get you to heaven, does that imply that they are just doing good deeds without believing in God and they're making it to heaven? Or isn't don't they know that you have to believe in God in order to, you know, pass the test, so to speak? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it didn't clarify that, but either way, for a pastor, someone who's a preacher of the gospel, to think that good works can get, to, get you to heaven, regardless if you believe in God or not, that's that's just crazy. That yeah. denies 
the deity of Christ and that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. But to add insult to that for these pastors is that they should at least make it clear to people because if you say good deeds alone can get you to heaven without saying, you know, uh, good deeds alone, uh, that God considers good deeds alone, even though that's biblically wrong, I mean, now, now you're just hitting them on the head twice. Yeah, no, it's like saying first, that- first thing, you can do it even without God. And uh, look, let's at least move them forward to God. You know, we all want good deeds, right? I mean, of course, every pastor out there wants people to have good deeds. And uh, God appreciates good deeds. It doesn't get you to heaven. But we at least got to let them know that, uh, you know, there is a God out there. And But you know what, Michael? I'm looking at this quote again on my paper. It's, it, you're right, because it says that people can merit salvation based solely on their good works. So you're right. So, so they're, these pastors are saying that an atheist— yeah, who doesn't believe in God, if they do good works, if their goods outweigh their bad, however they want to qualify it, that they can merit salvation. And, yeah. and you're a pre and their preacher saying that that is just insane. It, it it's yeah, the, I mean, they are bastardizing the religion and it's uh, it's sick, actually. I mean, how, how far are they going to go with this? Well, and the other question is who decides what is good works? And that's going to lead me into my next story. Thank you, Pastor. All right, I don't. And, we did, and Marty, I, we didn't even plan that. Did we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I'm just good at trying to dovetail everything back to me. Yeah. <laughs> You're so self-absorbed. I am, aren't I? <laughs> I right. got him the good lens, and now he just likes to be on camera. I do not know what to make of this story. So here it is: Texas teacher who was fired for telling students don't judge people for wanting to have sex with five-year-olds. And asking them to call pedophiles minor attracted persons. So a Texas teacher has been fired after she was caught on tape instructing students not to use the word pedophiles. Instead, use the term minor attracted persons. So I have somewhere, Michael, I'm going to try to find it here. I guess i got to close this out and try to pull up this. And we'll actually can hear exactly what she did say. You want to put this up on the screen? There you go. Stop calling them that. You're not allowed to label people like that. Stop this. Diego. Yeah, no We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them mats. No. Minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, she really said that? There you go. Yeah, there's the proof of and, it. And, and Marty, right, look. But to her, you know, that's we're talking about, you know, doing judging people by what they do is right. People nowadays can think that even having sex with a five-year-old is still something that's good. It's a good deed, according to her. Yeah. Well, here's the good news coming out of that story. There's another one that's kind of similar but different, and that is she was, she was uh, recorded by a student, and the student took it to the parents, and the parents then took it to the school, and there was an investigation uh, and uh, the investigation by the school board said nobody listening to what she said could possibly support her. But there's another story. This is out of PJ Media, which is, which is a, a good news of the same sort, where there was a teacher who was harassing students uh, and making sexual kind of comments to students, and the students complained to the administrators, and they just ignored them. So what the students did is they set up this teacher, recorded the teacher, doing all the kinds of things that they've been complaining about, took the recording back to their parents, 
and they were able to get yeah, rid of the best of that news out of all of that well. is the kids recognize that on their own <laughs> you know they didn't yeah. need some crazy teacher to tell them hey this is bad well here's guys here's what i find so crazy about this whole thing with this teacher with the audio that we just played the video is that she thinks that she's justifying the behavior of pedophiles by calling them minor attracted persons right right and if these maps as she calls them actually act upon that she's saying that they're engaging in some sort of activity with a minor so she's basically you know confirming that that it's criminal you see what i'm saying right it's like okay it's don't call them pedophiles but they're minor attracted persons it's still a criminal activity if they engage in it so she's she's kind of doing herself a disservice she's harming herself it's it's just it's idiotic what these people do well as expected she got a lot of public flack for making that statement but her husband came to her defense and he says this it is both scary and disturbing that an edited 18 second clip could destroy a 30-year career when completely taken out of context. Now, I'm trying to think. What kind of context? Into (laughs) context, don't judge people who want to have sex with a five-year-old to a context that's acceptable. Maybe she's talking about other five-year-olds. You know, <laughs> yeah, may, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe they just identify as five year olds. They could be twenty five, but they identify as five. That's that's got to be what she meant. We totally took it out of context. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure if they listen to this podcast, we will see that in the court proceeding when they you know filed to get her job back. Wow, this is what we really meant. <laughs> people who identify as five year olds, you know, having sex with those people. Well, happily, the school board listened to the entire thing and said. Nobody could, nobody could accept that, uh, and so the context. We while we may not have heard all the context, it's pretty clear that the context was well. Uh, you know, just damning. to uh, clarify this, all the school board did not come out and condemn her. As a matter of fact, Daniel Call, a school board trustee, said he believed Parker was pretending to advocate a position to challenge her students. So, according to this school board trustee, all she was trying to do was make an argument that was pretending to take that position and not really fully believing in that position. So, she was devil's advocate. She was being the devil's advocate to this Diego student, you know. Uh, But uh, we heard the tape. It did not sound like she was being a devil. She would say, stop that. Stop that. Stop calling them that. Yeah, she sounded pretty strong in her position right there. Yeah. So Uh it amazes me how someone, someone makes this statement, right, Pastor, that don't judge a person just, just, because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Just, just because that. Yeah, just something little. Something little like that. And as controversial as that is, people, somebody, a school board trustee, would jump on her bandwagon. Why would you tether yourself to a statement like that? Well, it's... These uh, people again, are... it comes back to that pastor saying, oh, you know, good deeds will get you to heaven because we are now re-clarifying what a good deed is. Yeah. We're redefining what good deeds are. And part of that list, Marty, is is that... They said that moral truth is subjective, and that's the world that we live in. Right. Because, you know, when you take away absolute truth, what truth do you have? You don't have any truth you have. It's my truth. It's your truth. I believe in my truth, and don't touch, you know, don't touch your truth. All these different truths. And we got to get back as a church. We got to get back to objective truth. And that's the sad thing is that many in the pulpit today 
don't want to preach objective truth. And then you just have uh, anything goes. It's an anything goes subjective society. And then you have nonsense like this where people are trying to defend that it's okay to be a pedophile. Yeah, it's okay to be attracted to a five-year-old child. Yeah, well, that and that seems to me have would have had a perfect base from, or at least it could have started from the uh, acceptance of abortions. When you find it acceptable to murder a baby, you will come up and say it's acceptable to do anything you want. Well, they'll (laughs) say that's a good deed, right? I mean, the people who support abortion will say killing that baby is a good deed. Yeah, or and it'll get them to heaven, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) Michael makes a good point because if you're in agreement with abortion. It's almost like, okay, this kid lived to five years old, so they're lucky that they lived that long, right? They should have been killed in their mother's womb. And that's probably the mentality of some of these people. That's why they have no regard for our children. Yeah, you really didn't have a right to life. It was your mother's choice whether you got brought to life or not. You know, it drives me crazy. It's just a complete lack of any kind of moral understanding. It's uh, just being able to murder a child like that is... is uh, I mean, how do you convince an entire population of people to to say that murdering somebody is okay so long as, you know, it's not hurting the person caring for that person, right? If you're, if you're carrying a baby, it's okay to murder that baby because they're just dependent on you, not the fact that that person is alive doesn't matter, right? The well, fact first, that you're erasing a person from existence does not matter to these people. First, you got to convince them that they're not human, and that's what Hitler did. With the Jews, you convince the people that these people aren't human to start with, and therefore it's okay to kill them. But it's a lie. Any one of us could have been aborted. Any one of us, legally or not, could have been aborted. So you or them or whoever's deciding to have an abortion could have been somebody who was aborted. So you know it's more than just tissue. And how about this? So their their mantra is my body, my choice, right? So let's look at the whole pedophilia situation. What about the five year old? Isn't it the five-year-old can say, my body, my choice? Sure. Don't touch me, right? So why don't, why, why don't we have the same parameters <laughs> across all well, boards? It's, it's self-serving. Under this wacky thought from this teacher, the five-year-old could also say, it's my body, my choice. Let the adult touch me, right? Because people <laughs> just make it up as they go now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know it may not be right for you, but for a minor... My minor attracted person, it's right for that person. So who are you to judge that person? That's exactly what she was trying to say. You are judging. God said, do not judge, Pastor. But somehow you are judging that minor attracted person to a five-year-old that he wants to have sex with. There, there's no end to this crazy logic that they use nowadays, but that's yeah. where it's leading and going. And that's why this is my final story I want to bring up which I think you'll find very interesting, Pastor. All right, ready for it, Michael? Tennessee Tech is slammed for putting on campus drag show mocking Christianity with star dressed as a Catholic monk while children handed him money. So (laughs) this is at the uh, Tennessee Tech, and they had an event there, the Backdoor Playhouse, and backdoor playhouse. backdoor playhouse, and they hosted a Christianity-themed drag show where the star was dressed as a Catholic monk before stripping down to a corset and stockings. And as he was dressing down and mocking Christianity, the children 
will come up and hand him money on stage. Well, was it? So this is a a college, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's not really children. It's no. These were children in the audience. Oh, really? So was it the college kids? No, no. Oh, no. These little kids here. Well, ready for me to play it, Michael? Get rid of that. Ready? Yep. I probably showed more than more of that than anybody wanted to see, <laughs> yeah. but I I did want to show that it was more than one little kid going up to the stage and handing this right and transvestite whatever this thing is and that's mocking all, Christianity money. All know that none of those kids would have known what to do right there. It's not like they know to go give somebody who is stripping money on stage or to scream when they start seeing a belt being taken off. No, that's. They're taking cues from their parents. Their parents are teaching that to those kids. Yeah. Again, you know, going back to, you know, what is a good deed? Well, these kids are being taught a good deed right now is to go tip the monk, the fake monk mocking Christianity. That is a good deed. Here's some money because, you know, when you get paid to do something, you normally paid because you did something good, right? You're rewarded. That's the whole point of money exchange. So these kids are being taught that that is a good deed. Right. So even these pastors that you brought up, I'm glad you brought this story up to the forefront for tonight's episode because it really begins to highlight on these other stories we dealt with and try to even define in today's society what is meant by a good deed. So these people might think that that is their gateway to heaven, going up and tipping, you know, people who mock Christianity and strip down and, uh, you know, uh, pretend to be some type of drag queen. I, don't, I really don't know what this guy was, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't make it out. I don't know, but uh, the... Uh, it was pretty ugly. The uh, optics of this thing seems even worse because to me it looks like uh, the point of having those children go up there and give money is to convince other people that this is okay and this is acceptable. This is something that you want your children to do and accept. Right. You know, because there's no... Like I said, there's no reason that a kid would know to go give that person money or anything like that and to film it and to post it out there and act like they're all accepting and stuff. And this is really just a play to get other people to join in their uh, nastiness, really. Yeah, and they're they're normalizing this behavior. You know, I wish I could say that this is just an isolated incident that happened in Tennessee Tech and that was it. We had it in our backyard a month or so ago. Right. You know, and, and it's going to be popping up and 
probably, Michael, they're probably showing their children videos from other events, and they say, this is what you do when you see this person come on stage. Yeah, and this is on TikTok. So, I mean, it's just as easy for a kid to find that on their own as it is for somebody to show it to them. Good point. I want to uh, point out what the uh, school president, Phil Oldham, had to say about it. First of all, he was unaware that the show was to occur. And he said, I am disturbed and dismayed about the activities in a video circulating on social media from a recent event on Tennessee Tech's campus. I do not feel the activities in the video represent Tech's values. And I do not condone explicit activity where minors are present. And uh, according to this article, the commentators came out and, you know, bashed him for calling this, you know, uh, you know, something he doesn't condone mm. because he's being judgmental. So was there any this kind thing. of consequence at all for them doing this? Or is this just something that, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, it happened. I don't like it. It's probably going to happen again. Um, I believe uh, that. uh the school is now under, or that particular club that put this thing on is now under supervision for future activities as to what they might be planning. Yeah, um, okay. But I can't say exactly for sure what all the consequences were for, for doing it. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, to them, they made their point, right? And it, this is an opportunity for us, even if we get suspended for a while, now we have to be more careful about what we turn over to the administration. We got the point out. We were able to mock Christians who are livid at the fact that drag queens are appearing in school libraries and talking to little kids or the fact that, because in Philadelphia just a couple of weeks ago, right, you had some drag queens teaching a little five-year-old how to do a pole dance. And I think it also the same type thing happened in Atlanta uh, where other drag queens were teaching another little kid how to do a pole dance in the middle of the street. Um and so this is our revenge against them. We're going to mock them because the way, that's the way the leftist works. They don't work in trying to logically explain to you their point of view. They work to shame you about your point of view. That's why they call you all these names. That's why Biden's on a tirade right now about calling you know people who are Trump supporters, you know, Trumpies and fascists, semi-fascists and extremists and a threat to democracy because they can't argue their point. They got to shame you for the point that you have. And I think that was the purpose of this video. So look, you know, they're able to pull it off. They got their message across. They're probably happy with that. If they got suspended, so, so what? You know, we made a point. There are hundreds of thousands of people have now watched this video mocking Christians and their point of view. Isn't it worth a few suspensions of our programs to get that point out there and to rally the troops around us and get more kids out there supporting what we're doing. So I, I don't think there's a, a, a sufficient amount of punishment that university could do to that group that would make them rethink what they just achieved because to them, this was a victory for them. And yeah, that's no, all they wanted. I don't wanted. doubt that at all. That sounds like something that, uh, that they would consider when, yeah, but peer pressure works, and that's what it seems like this this whole strategy that it appears to me that the entire Democratic Party is using peer pressure. Uh, shame people, make it seem like you're the odd one out and that everybody else is against you, and you will go along with what they say. And I'm just surprised that so many people fall for it. So many people aren't 
brave enough to say this is something that I disagree with and that uh, makes no sense to me. So explain it to me. And that's something that never happens, and that's why they never do have to explain it. They just say you're full of hate. Well, not only that, Michael, but they get to say this stuff in a big public forum because they can say what they want, and the media will parrot what they have to say, and the lawmakers and politicians will grab on to what they say and also perhaps turn it into a law or beat you down with it as well, but you don't really have a forum to speak back because if you dare to speak back, you'll get kicked off of Twitter, you'll get kicked off of TikTok, you'll get kicked off of Facebook and YouTube. Um, and the president some, of the United States will call you an insurrectionist. Absolutely. You got that as well. Someone's going to take you to court. You might lose your job. So they know that, you know, we can control the narrative. We got it. You don't. And in controlling that narrative, we're going to depict you as some of the worst human beings that's out there. That's the exact strategy Biden is using right now. When he says that. Well, he can't even define semi-Nazi, right? Someone asked him, uh, Mr. President, can you define what a semi-Nazi is? And he doesn't know how to define it. <laughs> he doesn't know. I, I don't like know Biden. what a semi-Nazi is. You know, either a Nazi or a not. Yeah, what's a semi-Nazi? I don't know. Um, well, he, it's a Trump supporter, obviously. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> and look, guys, that's, that's a perfect reason why we as patriots, especially Christians, we need to stand up because— we can't compromise at this hour, you know, just like those third of senior pastors who were interviewed or surveyed on that little survey, that article that I mentioned, you know, once you compromise in one area, it continues, it trickles, it, it doesn't just stop there. You know, I, I recently heard of a, a very prominent pastor where he was all into, uh, you know, the white guilt and that whole thing, social justice. And now, you know, he's dealing with a little bit of uh you know, sin, moral issues in his life. You know, once you start uh, dumbing down your your theology for the sake of just, you know, appeasing people and compromise, then it, it's going to lead to sin. It's going to lead to compromise. It's going to lead to appeasing these areas. And we got to stand tall at this time. Well, what I don't understand, Pastor, is if the church continues to dumb down their language to be more appealing to the masses, then what interest would people have to come to that church? They can get that type of treatment going to their local pub or going to their local school or going to their local college. Why do they need to now go out of the way to go to a church that's just going to say exactly the same thing that they're already getting from all the other places that they attend, everything else that they read? So it's like suicide. We're going to dumb ourselves down, preach a message that you want to hear. You're already hearing it everywhere else. But come to hear it from us. Why? Why would anybody want to do that? Yeah, it's not a good sales How's program. That? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's 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 a man-made gospel, and it's and the antithesis to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's why it doesn't work. All right, I think uh, unless anybody else has something else they want to bring up, that'll be a wrap for our show today. I want to encourage people to go to Martin Moyer at Substack.com. That's where these podcasts are placed. We have audio versions. We have uh, video versions. We also have a, a lot of great articles up there that uh, you might want to read. I encourage you to read them. They're well thought out pieces. Uh, we uh, really take a lot of time to put together analytical pieces uh, for people to see and to enjoy and to be able to share with other people. And remember, if you read something or see something, hit the like button. That lets us know that the content that we're delivering you is something 
you want to continue to see. Uh, make comments. We want to hear your comments. Let us hear from you on those comment sections. So until next Tuesday, everybody have a good evening, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye now.